Section 9 of Sabotage. This is a LibraVox recording. All LibraVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibraVox.org. Sabotage by Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, following the Book of Rules. Interfering with service may be done in another way. It may be done, strange to say, sometimes by abiding by the rules, living up to the law absolutely. Sometimes the law is almost as inconvenient a thing for the capitalist as for a labor agitator. For instance, on every railroad, they have a book of rules, a nice little book that they give to every employer. And in that book of rules, it tells how the engineer and the fireman must examine every part of the engine before they take it out of the roundhouse. It tells how the brakeman should go the length and the width of the train and examine every bit of machinery to be sure it's in good shape. It tells how the station master should do this and the telegraph operator that, and so forth. And it all sounds very nice in the little book. But now take the book of rules and compare it with the timetable, and you will realize how absolutely impossible the whole thing is. What is it written for? An accident happens. An engineer who has been working 36 hours does not see a signal on the track, and many people are killed. The coroner's jury means to fix the responsibility and upon whom is it fixed this poor engineer who didn't abide by the book of rules he is the man upon whom the responsibility falls the company wipe their hands and say we are not responsible our employer was negligent here are our rules and through this book of rules they are able to fix the responsibility of every accident on some poor devil like that engineer who said the other day after a frightful accident when he was arrested yes but if i didn't get the train in at a certain time i might have lost my job under the new management on the new haven road that book of rules exists in europe as well in one station in france there was an accident and the station master was held responsible the station masters were organized in the railways man union and they went to the union and asked for some action the union said the best thing for you men to do is to go back on the job and obey that book of rules letter for letter if that is the only reason why accidents happen we will have no accidents hereafter so they went back and when a man came up to the ticket office and asked for a ticket to such and such a place the charge being so much and would hand in more than the amount he would be told he can't give you any change it says in the book of rules his passenger must have the exact fare this was the first one well after a lot of fuss they chased around and got the exact change were given the tickets and got aboard the train then when the train was supposedly ready to start the engineer climbed down the fireman followed and they began to examine every bolt and piece of mechanism on the engine the brakeman got off and began to examine everything he was supposed to examine the passengers grew very restless the train stood there about an hour and a half they proceeded to leave the train they were met at the door by an employee who said no it's against the rules for you to leave the train once you get into it until you arrive at your destination and within three days the railroad system of france was so completely demoralized that they had to exonerate this particular station master and the absurdity of the book of rules had been so demonstrated to the public that they had to make over their system of operation before the public would trust themselves to the railroad any further this book of rules has been tried not only for the purpose of exoneration it has been tried for the purpose of strikes where men fail in the open battle they go back and with this system they win railroad men can sabotage for others as well as for themselves in a case like the miners of colorado where we read there that militiamen 
were sent in against the miners. We know that they are sent against the miners because the first act of the militia was to disarm the miners and leave the mine guards, the folks, in possession of their arms. Ludlow followed. The good judge O'Brien went into Calumet, Mick, and said to the miners and the president of the union, Mr. Moyer, sits at the table as chairman while he said it. Boys, give up your guns. It is better for you to be shot than it is to shoot anybody. Now, sabotage is not violence. But that does not mean that I am deprecating all forms of violence. I believe, for instance, in the case of Michigan, in the case of Colorado, in the case of Roosevelt NG, the miners should have held on to their guns, exercised their constitutional right to bear arms, and militia or no militia absolutely refused to give them up until they saw the guns of the thugs and the guns of the mine guards on the other side of the road first, and even then it might be a good precaution to hold on to them in case of danger. Well, when this militia was being sent from Denver up into the mining district, one little train crew did what has never been done in America before, something that caused a thrill to go through the humblest toiler. If I could have worked for twenty years just to see one little torch of hope like that, I believe it worthwhile. The trail was full of soldiers. The engineer, the fireman, all the train crews stepped out of the train and they said, We are not going to run this train to carry any soldiers in against our brother strikers. So they deserted the train. But it was then operated by a Baldwin detective and a deputy sheriff. Can you say that wasn't a case where sabotage was absolutely necessary? End of following the book of rules.